Hi, this is Sarah with another episode of Corn Fed Witch, and I am excited then to do this one today because it is one of my patron goddesses. Her name is Hecate, and I just recently did a personal dedication to her on the 16th, and also on the 15th it was my my birthday, and I got this amazing mug. It has a possum on it, and it says stressed, and I'm currently drinking my coffee through it. I, I hope everyone is having a wonderful November so far. This is going to be a great episode. Just because it's one of my favorite topics. And it's just great. Anyway, so I'm covering Hecate today. And for the next like 10, 15 minutes or so, or 30 or what have you, I'm going to be discussing her. She's pretty popular in modern day Wicca especially. She's Greek in origin, and I'm going to go ahead and give a brief summary of her. This is from um, is theoi.com. Um, Hecate was the goddess of magic, witchcraft, the night, moon, ghosts, and necromancy. She was the only child of the Titaness. Perseus, or is it Titan? Titans? Perseus and Asteria, from whom she received her power over heaven, earth, and sea. Hecate assisted Demeter in her search for Persephone, guiding her through the night with flaming torches. After the mother-daughter reunion, she became Persephone's minister and companion in Hades. Three metamorphosis myths describes the origins of her animal familiars, a black she-dog, and the polecat, which is a mustelid. It's a house pet kept by the agents to hunt vermin. The dog was a Trojan queen Hecabe who leapt through into the sea after the fall of Troy and was transformed by the goddess. The polecat was either the witch Gale, turned as punishment for incontinence, or Galinthias, midwife of Alcmena, who was transformed by the enraged goddess Elethia, or Ailethia, I, I butchered that, I'm sorry, but adopted by the sympathetic Hecate. Hecate was usually depicted in a Greek in Greek face paintings as a woman holding twin torches. Sometimes she was dressed in a knee-length maiden's skirt and hunting boots. And much like, much like Artemis, which is a personal favorite of mine as well, in statuary Hecate was often depicted in triple form as a goddess of crossroads. Her name means worker from afar, from the great Greek word Hecatos, the masculine form of the name Hecatos, was a common epithet of the god Apollon. Hecate was identified with a number of other goddesses, including Artemis, Selene, Despoin, the sea goddess, Cratius, the goddess of the Taurian, Chersonese, Nisi, and Scythia. I am butchering all of this. The Colchian nymph Perseus, Perseus, the hero, the heroine, Ephigenia, the Thracian goddess, Venus and Cotus, the Eubolian nymph Mera, the Eleusian nymph Diaria, or Diera, and the Boethian nymph Hercina, or Hercina. I have butchered all of that. But I tried. So, 
She has risen, risen in popularity, especially recently, because she is a goddess of the moon, witchcraft, and necromancy. So you can imagine all the dark witches are really into her. I have a book called Dark Goddess Craft, which I have misplaced. But that book is great. It, as the title suggests, it's all about dark goddesses and transformation. And because something is considered dark, it's not necessarily bad. Because you have to have that balance between dark and light. Everyone has dark and light in them. It's not necessarily evil and good, but it's like introspection, introspection and positivity or it is keeping that balance there. Gotta get a drink of my coffee here. So Hecate, she is often associated with the triple moon, keys, torches, dogs, snakes, and anything really that's kind of on the darker side. Crossroads is big. Like a lot of times, um. You can do, like, rituals that are done in Hecate are more powerful if they're done in Crossroads. So let's, let's keep this moving here. I've gleaned a lot of, surf, a lot of information from sites such as Hecate's Cauldron and the Hecate Covenant of, Hecatecovenant.com, which I actually plan on joining in the future. Just haven't gotten around to it. So the reason why I picked Hecate, particularly for today, is because I did do a self-dedication ritual on Hecate's Night, which was the 16th. It's kind of more modern witchcraft, so you're probably not going to find a lot about it that dates back past Gerald Gardner. Actually, I'd be even surprised if it dated back then, but it is a special night. And I re the reason why I chose Hecate as one of my personal deities is that we have a lot of a lot of similar personality traits. We're both kind of dark. I'm really like into the underworld aspect. I love necromancy. If I had a specialty that I go into, it'd probably be that. But I haven't been practicing as much necromancy as I should be. I've been more focused on tarot and just empowerment right now because I've gone through some personal stressful situations which leads me back to picking Hecate as well because this year has been particularly tough. I've had seven people I know pass away. I've had some major personal conflicts come up and I just needed to basically start anew. Now it's good. Hecate is a great goddess to work with if you're doing some any sort of personal transformation like this. But it's not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy. It's going to be really rough. It's going to be painful. But you don't grow unless you're made uncomfortable at some point. Hecate is the perfect one to, to invoke in that. But that's why I chose her for my self-dedication. So before I get more into depth about what I did on Saturday night, I am going to recommend this Patheos.com blog called Keeping Her Keys. It's pretty fascinating. A lot of information I got actually came from there. And it's, it just goes in the depth. There's new blog posts pretty often. It's great. Go and check it out.
So let's, let's start. So I am taking this from this following paragraph or so from sacredwicca.com. It's Night of Hecate. Sunset on November 16th marks the beginning of the Night of Hecate. If you only honor her once in a year, this is the time to do it. In ancient Greece, animal sacrifices would have been made. But leaving Hecate suffer, suffer, supper at the crossroads is a more appropriate offering today. Traditionally, Hecate's supper would be eaten outside under the dark moon at a crossroads with one plate reserved for Hecate. After the meal was consumed, Hecate's plate was placed at the crossroads. Once that offering is given, depart without looking back. Remember that whatever is given to Hecate cannot be reclaimed, so don't use your best china. It is Hecate's option to decide who or what consumes the offering. Be it feral animals or humans, and this is how she accepts the offering. That's actually pretty common for the pretty common for the animals to to devour. The, ah, I can't speak to devour the the meal that you have during your ritual, like through cakes and ale. And a great way to have it return, even if you're just returning to nature, they're part of nature, they'll eat it. So, November 16th is pretty great. And then the next really prominent day is November 30th, which is the Hecate at the Crossroads Day. So, I am going to, once again, take this from the same place I got it. So, in some traditions, um, January 31st is the night that Hecate hands her torch to Bridget, whose arrival is celebrated in bulk. It's kind of parallel to the cycle of the Holly King and the Oak King, which is a different topic whatsoever, who each rule half the year. Hecate carries the torch through the dark half of the year, which makes sense. She is a dark goddess, while Bridget takes it for the light half. And some suggest that Hecate and Bridget are sisters who share the torch. But that's pretty odd given that Hecate is Greek and Bridget, or breed, Celtic, but traditional beliefs that evolve over time may have little to do with historical origins, which can be iffy. And they're both very ancient and have been worshipped in Britain for centuries. So, it kind of went off of what I, I thought they were going to talk more about the 30th, but there's new information that I did not know. So November 30th is, is often, you can use that as the continuation of what you did on the 16th. I was originally planning on doing a crossroads ritual there, but I don't think it's going to work out through the schedule. I mean, but what have you. So the 16th, it's very, I was really interested in that because it is a day after my birthday. Go Scorpio. And... You know, I went and started a new, I'm starting a lot of new things in my life right now. So, I would like to, well, I would like to go into more in depth what I did. So, I did not, I did not have a dinner. I did not have the means of doing that, which I probably should have, but sometimes you have to make the best with what you have. And money's been pretty tight lately. So, I just did normal circle and I want to share some of the original things I 
came up with it for this particular ritual because it was it was kind of extensive I've never done like a personal dedication by myself and so I wanted to do I wanted to do something special so I'm going to go ahead and share the groundings and the quarter callings with you and you can see you got it from here from Sarah at Corn Fed Witch so Cleanse and purify the circle, which I went over in my last episode. So I started with calling the, the quarters. I'm sorry if you hear some music. My girlfriend is watching some Disney movie. Because Disney Plus just came out and it's pretty amazing. So I called the quarters. Um, May the east with strong storms, uh, strong storms of wisdom and great wind be here now. May the south with the flames of great will and spirit be here now. May the west with rivers with currents of great love be here now. May the north ground with grounding energy and silence be here now. Guardians of the points, protect us, watch us, and be here now. And then I did an invocation. I especially tailored this to Hecate because you want to invoke the god or goddess that you're working with so that they can assist you. Oh, great goddess Hecate, keeper of the dark shadows and the underworld's crossroads, I implore you to assist in this difficult challenge. I ask that you join tonight and lead me in strength and power. I humbly honor your name, Hecate of the Darkness. I forgot that. I needed to do my grounding before that. Grounding is done after casting the circle. So, and I'm going to go into that in my circle series there. So my grounding was, I am the tree with roots so deep. They penetrate Earth's great, great center. Strong holding, strongly holding and strengthening my vagabond and young spirit. I am the tree with roots so deep. I can barely read my own writing, but that's fine. So that was my grounding. Then I did my invocation. And then I did my self-dedication. Which I got from... Let me bring up the website here. I got witchesofthecraft2.com And my, I started my dedication with this. Show the way with shining light. Brighten up the darkest night. Lead me through the door. It's blocked. Use your keys, make it unlocked. Teach me your guarded secrets. Reveal to me what you protect. Great Hecate, I ask of you. Show me a different view. Help me change to learn and grow. Leave the old things that I know. Help me aid those who are in need. I dedicated, I dedicate myself to thee. I think it was written by Serena. So, and then I went on and I added some personal intentions. I'm not going to share them with y'all unfortunately because that is as deeply personal I don't particularly want everyone to know that and then I thanked I thanked her so you always want to thank them no um so you, you thank them after doing cakes and ale so you want to feed your guests your gods are the guests so, and then I thank them. I'm bringing them up. Thanks. Thank you, Great Hecate, for your assistance. 
in this great darkness. May your darkness guide and lighten my path. And I close the course. Now, this is going really quickly. You want to take as long as you need. I personally leave a couple moments in between each step so that you know you can absorb the energy and enjoy enjoy your circle. Have fun with it. But also be serious because it is you are working with the gods and they are powerful. So let me bring up my closing of the quarters. This is kind of the reverse of what I did earlier. May the north with grounding energy and silence be gone now. May the west with rivers with currents of great love be gone now. May the south with the flames of great will and spirit be gone now. May the east with strong storms of wisdom and great wind be gone now. Guardians of the point with great thanks and respect be gone now. And you want to be a little bit more forceful than I came off of because you you want to make your will known. You are in control of the circle. You are the priest or the priestess who is doing it. And you've got to control. Some gods are tricksters. And things can happen. I've had poltergeist activity happen on the outside of circles before. Granted, I was trying to make direct connection to the spirits with a spirit board I have. But... You just kind of want to remain in control. I'll be going more into deep depth about like grounding and such. And not this coming episode. Because I'm going to do Thanksgiving hacks because Thanksgiving is next week. But the one after that, I think I'm going to go into grounding. And so, the correspondences I picked, I try to do ones that were associated with Hecate such as lavender, moonstone, etc. I also wanted to kind of elaborate on the keys because I realized I didn't really touch on that. She holds the keys to the underworld. There are traditionally nine keys. And let me bring them up here. Because I forgot what they all were. I, I did use some keys in my, my ritual. I used two of them as reminders. Do, 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 do. So this is coming from Keeping Her Keys, the Pathios blog I was telling about earlier. Let me... Okay. So Hecate's Nine Keys. And they're like Hail. They start with Hail Hecate. So, hail Hecate, Chthonia, the earth. You are the ground on which we walk. Hail Hecate, Nikea, the night walker. You are a protector as we walk through the night. Hail Hecate, Scotia, the darkness. And you are the night itself. Hail Hecate, Enodia, the way. You are the path on which we walk. Hail Hecate, Impilios, the gatekeeper. You guard the entrances of, to the worlds. Hail Hecate, Hegemonin, our guide, and you guide us along the path. Hail Hecate, Adelos, the brightness, you are the light in all things. Hail Hecate, Pameter, nature of, mother of all, you are the creatix of all things. 
Hail Hecate, Soterra, the Savior, and you light our way. There are nine hails there. She is known as the Gatekeeper to the Underworld. She's the Earth, the Nightwalker, the Darkness, the Way, and the Gatekeeper, the Guide, the Brightness, the Mother of All, and the Savior. Keys are also really portable, so if you want to put one on a necklace and wear it around your neck, so that you remind yourself that you are the keeper of her keys, that's, that's a great way to incorporate Hecate into your daily life. Now on to my correspondences of the week. I used lavender incense in my ritual, because that is one of the many herbs associated with Hecate. So I'm going to use that as the herb of the week. Spoke names are elf leaf, nard, nardus, and spike. This plant is mercury, the element is air, powers, love, protection, sleep, chastity, longevity, purification, happiness, and peace. Its multiple uses are lavender has a long been, has long been used in low spells and sachets, clothing nabs with the fragrant flowers, or lavender placed in drawers with clothes attracts love. A piece of paper on which you've written lavender is excellent for writing love notes. The scent of lavender particularly attracts men in lavender water, or the essential oil was worn by sex, it says prostitutes, but we all know they're sex workers now. Several centuries ago to both advertise the profession as well as to attract through magic customers. Lavender also protects against cruel treatments at the hands of a spouse if worn. These flowers are also burned and smoldered or smoldered to induce sleep and rest. They and are scattered about the home to maintain its peacefulness. The plant is so powerful that if when depressed one gazes upon the plant, all sorrow will depart and a joyous feeling will settle upon the observer. Indeed, the, the odor of lavender is conducive to long life and so should be smelled as often as possible if this is a concern. Lavender is also used in healing mixtures, carried to see a ghost, and worn to protect against the evil eye. It is added to purification baths. Despite lavender's love associations in the Renaissance, it was believed that lavender, together with rosemary, if worn, would preserve a woman's chastity. You know how antiquated that is. A wish divination. You can use place lavender under your pillow while thinking of your wish. Do this just prior to retiring for the night in the morning. In the morning, if you have dreamt of anything related to your wish, it will come true. However, if you did not have dreams or if they were unconnected with your wish, it would not manifest. Lavendin is a type of lavender that was bred for its power soul scent. It is a particularly good choice for sachets and pillows. Lavender is one of my favorites as I suffer from anxiety and depression. It it really calms me down. I get my herbs in bulk from Next Millennium and the Conjure Shop. And I brew a tea with that and I'm like, I usually fall asleep before I can finish the tea. It's pretty strong. And I got that information from Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. So now I'm taking my, I'm going to do a stone, like a crystal correspondence from Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Crystal, Gem, and Metal Magic. Scott Cunningham is really good for beginners. It's really easy to read. 
do 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 let me bring that back up here looking for moonstone So moonstone is energy is receptive. The planet is the moon, obviously. Element water, deities, Diana, Selene, and Isis, all lunar goddesses, including Hecate. Another associated stone is quartz crystal, and its associated metal is silver. Its powers are love, divinations, psychism, I think, well, psychic ability, sleep, gardening, protection, youth, dieting, and magical ritual lore. The moonstone of blue, white or pink opalescent feldspar is intimately connected with the moon and magical lore. So much so, in fact, that many use it in accordance to, with the lunar phrases, phases. Something is more magically potent during the waxy moon and less so during the waning moon. Others, however, use this stone during the moon's apparent lessening for divinatory rituals such as the one described below. Moonstone has long been dedicated to moon goddesses. Wiccan ritual jewelry is often fashioned of silver and moonstones. A lunar wand can be constructed of silver tubing topped with large moonstone. It is used for a magical ritual. I'm going to take a drink of my coffee before I proceed. Magical uses. This stone is receptive and love drawing. Wear or carry a moonstone to bring a love into your life. On the night of the full moon and by its light, ring a pink candle with moonstone kabochons. Light the candle and visualize yourself in a loving relationship. The moonstone is also prized for its ability to work out problems between lovers, especially those who have bitterly fought. Though if you have bitterly fought, maybe you don't need to be together. Hold a moonstone, empower it with loving vibrations, and give it to your troubled mate. Best of all, share this ritual with him or her by exchanging stones. Because of its associations with the moon, bringer of sleep, this stone is often placed beneath the pillow or moonstone. Bees are worn to bed in order to ensure restful sleep. Like malachite and jade, the moonstone is associated with gardening, where during planting or watering or bury a small moonstone while visualizing your garden bursting with fertility. To entice a tree into abundant fruiting, tie or attach a moonstone to one of the tree's limbs. The moonstone is also gently protective because the moon seems to travel through the zodiac. Its stone is a traveler's protective charm. Carry or wear away when away from home, especially during travel or over the water. This is a perfect gift for a, a, a vocational. Our vocational sailors and friends leave me on cruises. Empower the stone with protective energies before presenting it. Moonstone rings can be worn while swimming for protection in the water. An older ritual to determine future events can be formed at least three days after the full moon. Hold a moonstone in your hands while visualizing a possible future course of action, such as sailing a house or accepting a new job. Then, place the moonstone beneath your tongue and continue visualizing. After a few moments, remove the stone and end your conscious effort to retain the image. If it remains, or if your thoughts continue to revolve around the possible act, it is a favorable one. If your mind turns to other matters, it's better to take a different route. If in doubt, perform this right once again. 
If in doubt, Moonstone out. <laughs> Moonstone beads or pennants are worn during divination, divinatory acts and produce psychism in general. Psychics keep moonstones with their tarot cards or runestones to heighten their ability to use such tools. A quartz crystal sphere is also encircled with moonstones prior to scrying. This stone is worn or used in rituals designed to renew or maintain a useful appearance and attitude, which can be more convincing than outward looks. If you're trying to lose weight, perhaps moonstones can help. Don't diet, reprogram your eating habits. Eat light meals at regular intervals, avoid sugar and fats, consume less red meat, load up on raw or steamed vegetables and fresh fruits, and wear charred moonstone. Now, of course, diets vary. This is kind of dated information anyway. Three nights after the full moon, stand nude before a full-length mirror in bright light. Study your body closely using another mirror if necessary. To successfully perform this magic, you must know yourself, accept your faults, and then allow yourself your change to change. Be brutal with your visual self-analysis. See the areas you wish to reduce in your body. Visualize a new you, slimmer, and control your food intake fully alive. Then hold a moonstone in your projective hand while continuing to visualize the body and discipline your wish to have. Rub the moonstone over the problem areas of your body, over the excess amounts of fat, and visualizing them melting away. Draw it across your head to help control your urges to eat unhealthy and fattening foods. Finally, wear or carry the stone with you at all times. When you feel the urge to eat cheesecake, take the stone in your receptive hand, breathe deeply for 10 seconds, push the image of the food from your mind, and then grab a juicy peach or crunchy carrot stick. Now, it's important to note that Scott Cunningham's information is kind of older, and therefore I don't necessarily agree with that last ritual there. I decided to include it just to, for to be complete, basically. Your body is beautiful regardless. You can be healthy and overweight. I am also overweight, and I'm pretty healthy. It's just accept you as you are. You are beautiful, and you deserve it. Now, if you picked it up, moonstones and lavender are both divinatory, and they can help you with wish-giving and, and sleep. Now, I wonder if you use both of those to boost it if it what effects that would have so go ahead and try that at some point i want to know your results i also want you to send them to cornfedwitch at gmail.com give me all your witchy stories tips tricks etc if i made a mistake or left something out let me know and you should also know a lot more about hecate now one of the great goddesses of witchcraft so, with that being said, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, under Cornfed Witch. I have a Patreon. If you donate, I can give you a monthly, a monthly tarot reading. Great. And once again, this is Sarah with Cornfed Witch. I hope you enjoyed learning about Hecate, and I hope you have an amazing week. Blessed be.